Notes from America is supported by Future Hindsight, an award-winning podcast that shares big ideas about participating in American democracy beyond voting but short of running for office. Join host Mila Atmos for stimulating and incisive conversations with citizen changemakers on topics ranging from gerrymandering, policing equity, and voting rights. In this election year, Future Hindsight offers an unaffiliated perspective into what's at stake and how citizens can make an impact at the local, state, and national level. You'll always come away with something hopeful. Tune in every Thursday to get engaged and stay engaged. WNYC Studios is brought to you by Zbiotics. Seize the day after a night of drinks with Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink. Zbiotics was invented by PhD scientists to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is most responsible for making you feel crummy the next day. Drink Zbiotics before your first drink, drink responsibly, and you'll wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. Try it for yourself at zbiotics.com slash WNYC and get 15% off your first order when you use WNYC at checkout. That's zbiotics.com slash WNYC and use the code WNYC at checkout for 15% off. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Why are monuments important? What what is it, what is important to you about having a physical representation of history? I don't really see too much importance in monuments just because American history isn't like the best history, but they're pretty to look at. I think it's important to just give people a piece of history so they can read and understand things that happened before they were here. I feel like a lot of people try to sweep things under the rug, especially if it was something not so positive. So I feel like having a physical representation of that is set in stone, literally. I think having a physical symbol of freedom and liberty is super important, but also having a symbol that represents both the good parts and the bad parts of our own history. If we are very conscious and aware of our history, we're able to make sure that you know the negative parts don't repeat. It's Notes from America. I'm Kai Wright. Welcome to the show. Think about your city or even your neighborhood. Is it home to a monument that's just so iconic it's impossible to visualize the space without like seeing that work? I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, and there's this massive neoclassical obelisk called the Soldiers and Sailors Monument right in the middle of downtown. And it's such a deep part of the city's life that as a kid, it just sort of kind of disappeared into my subconscious. Became a meeting place, a directional landmark, a Christmas tree in the winter, a backdrop for graduation photos in the spring. Monuments, these structures of public memory, they are intimate parts of our built environment. They get under our skin, even when we don't realize it, and sometimes for totally unintended reasons. I, for one, cannot walk past the angelic Bethesda Fountain in Central Park without being caught in the emotion of the first time I saw Angels in America. Monuments can define a place, and they can alter its definition, too. Artist Michelle Browder lives in a city that is increasingly being altered by monumental works, including one she created herself. In the fall of 2021, she unveiled a work called The Mothers of Gynecology in Montgomery, Alabama. 
It honors the enslaved girls and women who were subjected to horrific experiments in the 19th century by a man named J. Marion Sims. Sims has been known as the father of gynecology, precisely because of the work he did during those awful experiments right there in Alabama. There's a monument dedicated to him at the Alabama Capitol building, and state law makes it challenging to remove it. But Michelle Browder was moved to create a new public memory in Montgomery, and she joins us to share the story behind her work. Michelle, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So since you are an artist, let's start at the very beginning of your artistic journey toward creating this particular work, The the Mothers of Gynecology. Mm-hmm. And as I understand it, it began more than 30 years ago when you were yes. an art student in Atlanta, um, mm-hmm. and you encountered a painting called The History of Medicine. Can mm-hmm. you describe a bit what you saw in that painting? Yeah, well, I was really focused on the girls in this painting. Uh, it's by Robert Tom. It was created, I believe, in the, in the 1930s, and it was Great Moments of Medicine. He was commissioned by what was called Park Davis, which is now Pfizer, mm-hmm. to create these 45 Great Moments of Medicine. And I can just remember as an 18-year-old girl looking at that postcard on my professor's desk, very curiously, I asked him, you know, what does this mean? What is this? And it's the very famous one. You probably have seen it before, but it's an enslaved uh, girl, woman on a table. There's three white men surrounding her, one holding a speculum, which would be perceived to be Sims. And then the other two are kind of, you know, stoically standing over these this one particular girl, while two black girls uh, enslaved girls are peeping behind the curtain um, fearfully. You know, you can mm-hmm. just see the horror almost on their face. And I didn't understand it because, you know, in Alabama, you know, they had CRT a long time ago. They didn't teach you any history. <laughs> what they taught you was Dr. King had, you know, a dream and Rosa Parks had aching feet. That was the extent of our history. We didn't talk about enslaving mm-hmm. the people. We didn't talk about trafficking. And, and so when I asked this professor, you know, what does this mean? very snarky. You know, he was like, you know, you go figure it out. And I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll go figure it out. And uh, there's this place called the Shrine of the Black Madonna. I was attending the Art Institute of Atlanta at the time. And this is back when Atlanta was becoming, you know, like the Black Mecca, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and all the Black folks were, were fleeing to or migrating to Atlanta. And so the Shrine of the Black Madonna just kind of taught me the history. I began to go and read books and ask questions. And these people really shaped, you know, my purview on really who I am as a Black woman and what it meant uh, to be the transatlantic slave trade. So that was the first encounter that I had of J. Marion Sims. And what was the history of that? So there's J. Marion Sims, who was the person doing the research and who was or doing the experiments uh, right. that was called the father of gynecology. But what was the history of the girls depicted in the painting? Um, you, st- yeah. you went out to learn about them. Tell us what you learned and what, what you came to understand about them. Well, that they were enslaved, that they were trafficked, that w- they were on breeding plantations. They were... Um, girls that became pregnant, Anarka, as early as 17, uh, the birth of her first child, formed a fistula. So these girls were forming this, this hole in the bladder that would you know, create this constant flow of urine or fecal matter. And of course, the child, once they give birth, the child would inherit the condition of the mother. So they were very 
you know, needed to continue this legacy of slavery and, of course, the commerce and, you know, Black women and their bodies, it, they were needed to continue to produce uh, this wealth. And so that's what I learned of them, that they were uh, in a backyard hospital, makeshift hospital in Montgomery, Alabama, literally two blocks from the slave auction block, which is called the market. And no one in my city and or state was talking about this. Mm -hmm. And at the age of 18, of course, you know, uh, Sims was heralded as the father of mm -hmm. modern gynecology. And no mm -hmm. one was challenging that narrative. As an art student, you decided to dedicate your whole portfolio, and this is way back then, to, yes. the, to these girls' stories. And as mm -hmm. I understand it, that led you to drop, like, to leave school, right? Can you, ex can <laughs> you explain you that? Who <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So that same professor. So I learned about these these girls and I came back. I was emboldened and empowered to create my whole portfolio, my graduation portfolio around the mothers of gynecology. And it was in my head then, you know, the mothers of gynecology. And I did that. I created T-shirts and a whole campaign to honor them. And my professor literally looked at me in my face and said, you need to diversify your portfolio. It's too black. And I said, okay. And the way I diversified is I just dropped out of college. I'm not going to give you an extra year <laughs> of my money. Um, and so I, I dropped out of college, started my own business. Um, but it, that was a defining moment for me um, that, you know, that these girls uh, at that time still needed some type of, you know, to amplify their voices. Their story was, still was not enough on its own. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, fast forward to a couple of years ago, you uh, you lead civil rights tours in Montgomery now, and um, you're regularly confronted with the monument at the state capitol that's dedicated to J. Marion Sims, who did this mm -hmm. horrific research. What was it like, uh, and, and how did it inform your choice to return to those stories when you would encounter that statue? Well, I started giving tours. Uh, actually, I got the call to, to move to Alabama in 2020, 2002. Uh, my mother called and said they needed some help with their organization, helping formerly incarcerated people. And I asked her, I said, well, you know, can I do something for young people? Do you have uh, a space to help young folks in the organization? And she said, no. I said, well, I'll come if you allow me to create one. And she said, yes. So when I returned here, one of the ways where I wanted to fund uh, this youth organization is I started giving tours. And as I did my research and I learned, I was triggered all over again to learn that this J. Marion Sims stands at the state's capital that Black people built, that the state of Alabama bought over 200 enslaved people or, you know, enslaved these people mm -hmm. to build this building. And here there's a statue, this monument in his honor. And I freaked out. I'm just for the lack of a better word, I was really triggered. And so then I started telling that story about these women and what I had learned as a kid myself, literally just one year older than Antarctica. As part and of the tour, it, you it, started telling it. Yes. I started formulating these tours to talk about the real history, the forgotten history, the race history of Montgomery. And that was it. Sims was on my radar and I was you know, determined to tell the truth about what he actually did to these black bodies. And why Why a monument? Um, there were so many different ways you could have, uh, you know, honored these, these girls. What is it about that form as an artist? Why were you drawn to a monument? 
Well, first, you know, we're surrounded. The iconography of Montgomery, Alabama is that of enslavers, oppressors, right? And But yet there's this marker outside uh, that stands literally about a, a couple of yards from Sims that claims him to be the father of gynecology. And so as I began to give these tours and talk about the atrocities that happened with them, I said, well, where are the mothers? You know, where is their monument? Why, why aren't they reverenced um, in the capacity? He's in bronze and he's tall. He's, I guess, about 12 feet tall on this marble pedestal that stands in front of the Capitol when it was erected by the MASA, for lack of a better word, the Medical Association for the State of Alabama, erected him in 1939. Oh, wow. That's the, actually the acronym. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. So I'm like, you know, this is not right. It's not fair. It's the 21st century. Why aren't we challenging this? And so I felt, as Nina Simone said, that it's an artist's duty to reflect the times in which we live. And so I felt a calling to do it. And um, thankfully, you know, my family, we own property near downtown. So it just it was the right space at the right time. Mm. And and because of the idea that we are surrounded by monuments, that was part of like you wanted a physical Absolutely. a physical representation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in a, can I just say that we spend, according to Monument Lab, we spend about forty million dollars in taxpayers' money to restore and to keep these monuments yeah. in in pristine condition. So I was again triggered yeah. um, by this. We need to take a break. Listeners, we want to hear your dreams for new monuments. If you could create a monument to someone or some event in your city, what would it be? And just as important, what emotion would you invoke with it? What do you want people to feel? Maybe we've got some artists listening who want to let us in on their process. We'd love to hear from you, but anybody can contribute. We'll take your calls and learn more of Michelle Browder's story after a break. Stay with us. Hi everyone, my name is Rahima and I help produce the show. I want to remind you that if you have questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Here's how. First, you can email us. The address is notes at wnyc.org. Second, you can send us a voice message. Go to notesfromamerica.org and click on the green button that says start recording. Finally, you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram. The handle for both is noteswithkai. However you want to reach us, we'd love to hear from you and maybe use your message on the show. All right. Thanks. Talk to you soon. WNYC Studios is brought to you by ZBiotics. Seize the day after a night of drinks with ZBiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink. ZBiotics was invented by PhD scientists to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is most responsible for making you feel crummy the next day. Drink Zbiotics before your first drink, drink responsibly, and you'll wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. Try it for yourself at zbiotics.com/wnyc and get 15% off your first order when you use WNYC at checkout. That's zbiotics.com/wnyc and use the code WNYC at checkout for 15% off. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex. 
of bugs. <laughs> Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radio Lab adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts. It's Notes from America. I'm Kai Wright, and I'm joined by artist Michelle Browder. Michelle's work, called The Mothers of Gynecology, is a monument in Montgomery, Alabama, memorializing the enslaved girls who were subjected to horrific medical experimentation in the 19th century. The monument is one of a growing number of new works of public memory around the country. And listeners, we want to hear your dreams for new monuments. If you could create a monument to someone or some event in your city, what would it be? And Michelle, since you do lead tours as well as make art, I'm going to ask you to take us to stand by the Mothers of Gynecology right now. So if we were there with you, standing in front of this work, what would we see? What details would you point out? I would point out their hair, uh, which was the first uh, design that I did, even when I was a kid, uh, 18. Um, I would point their hair out because, you know, for Black women, our hair is like our glory. So you have an arca that stands about 15 feet tall, her hair is made out of the angular screws. Um, and then Betsy, she has cornrows, mm. right? And then Lucy has the Bantu knots made out of bicycle chains. And so you would notice that there are discarded items, uh, pieces that people didn't want, you know, discarded steel and scissors and um, silk sutures and just it's a body of discarded metal that mm-hmm. I found at junkyards or that people donated, um, whether it's a candle opera or, um, you know, just interesting pieces that we found just middling around in a pile of junk, you know? And and, and you took those pieces and constructed them around the statue or made this? And it's three Yes, statues. so the... The inner piece of the statue is that of, there's a form already. It's like a skeleton. And so you just build on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was a really fun time for me to learn how to weld from Burning Man artists. You know, it was during the time of COVID that I flew out to San Francisco and uh, rented out this place called The Box Shop. I got to give my kudos to San Francisco because they got <laughs> me started um, and they taught me everything that I needed to know. Um, this woman by the name of Dana Albany um, took me under her wing and just taught me the ins and outs of welding. And when I returned to Montgomery, Alabama, after a month uh, and a half, I had literally a half head, half pair of legs and skeletons in 10 different boxes, the head, the torso right. and the legs. And uh, found another team to help me put the skin on them, Mm -hmm. uh, which is perforated metal. And it really represents the poking and the prodding that these girls went through. So there's holes in this metal. Um, And so after two weeks, I had three full canvases and I was ready to commence to welding. And I started March of 21 and was finished by September of 2021. Having never, had you built a monument previously? Had never welded before. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, my Japanese friends, you want to you, you know how I found them? 
Yes. I was visiting some friends in San Francisco and I call them Japanese because my girl's friend is Japanese and her, her husband is Jewish and I was visiting <laughs> them and uh, they said, you know, let's go, let's go to dinner. Let's, let's go have something to eat. And there's this place called Hayes Valley and there was this beautiful, tall monument to a, a woman by the name of Tara, right? Greek goddess or a Hindu goddess. And I was like, wow, you know, this is what Anarcha needs to look like. They didn't know anything about Anarcha, Lucy and Betsy. And so I began to tell them the story. And literally two weeks later, they're at a Jewish Seder and they're sitting across from a woman who volunteered on Tara. So when she asked them, you know, where are you all from? They said, Hayes Valley. And that's how it all Uh But I had already started my project. I was dealing with a company in New York to help me scale up and to do um, what I thought was to be the mothers, but it took a turn. So Seder was part of this. Seder's coming up for folks. This is going to be a site of creativity for some people uh, to make our next monument. And so just to make sure everybody's clear on this. So there's three girls that are depicted um, and their names are, say their names. Anarcha, Lucy, Betsy, and Anarcha these, being the tallest, and these are uh, three real girls. These are these; those are those are actual people from the the women who were the girls who were yes. experimented upon. Yes, and these are three girls that J. Marion Sims literally wrote about in his memoir. Okay. Um, he wrote about them the most because they suffered the most. You had Anarcha that had thirty surgeries without anesthesia. You had Lucy who had 12 surgeries, who cried out in agonizing pain. And then you had Betsy who was pregnant. Um, and so he talked about these girls. And so that's where I, I see their reference. But now there's a book coming out in June that gives more names like mm. Delia and Lavinia and, and, you know, their ages as young as nine. Um, and it's called Say Anarcha. So be on the lookout for that. But I, I took the three that he spoke about the most um, because Anarka suffered 30 surgeries. And so I wanted to honor her in particular. Wonderful. Let's go to Jennifer in New Haven, Connecticut. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I just want to thank you, Kai. And um, also wanted to thank your guest, Michelle, for having me. Um, and I also wanted to thank her for her words because it actually started something in. First, I had never heard of... <laughs> the the mothers of gynecology mm. in a sense and also it brought it back to this thing that i've always kind of argued with in in my life which is about uncle tom and the whole the the idea behind it and it's funny because i argue most about it with african americans because i think that the representation of what the quote unquote fictional character of tom represented and i think that going back to what Michelle spoke about with the having monuments and the physical representation Mm -hmm. and why we should switch them or even take down some of those who supported or led slavery initiatives is so important because it also, in my opinion, ties back to why we have this argument about the apology and the reparations argument towards Mm -hmm. Black people and towards slavery. You know, I think that we're constantly surrounded by these mental, almost like a mental slavery when we see these monuments being supported by the government, mm-hmm. being supported by our local governments. And so, you know, just going back and saying about Uncle Tom, you know, mm-hmm. in my opinion, that was a representation of someone who was able to take what he learned from slavery and also monetize it for those who are also separating themselves from the slave chair or who are becoming free. So I just wanted to thank you guys so for this you, Jennifer, just to be clear, so you're saying okay. that you feel like 
that character's life and what he represented has come to mi- mean something different than 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 mm-hmm. how you read it, and you want a monument that sort of that, that revisits that history. Also, just to argue, just it would be nice just to be able to have the debate. You know, just like right now, Michelle is saying how some people are arguing about Dr. Sim mm. and the Mothers of Gynecology. It's like, you know, just to be able to bring the conversation and not have such a, right. a, a, a you know, a closed argument when it comes to the idea of what Uncle Tom. So exactly, mm-hmm. you know, food, it's one of those things thought. where we're exactly just just bringing the argument, just bringing the conversation in. Thank you so much um, for that, Jennifer. I like that, yeah. Let's let let's get one more, and then we'll talk about both of them. Uh, let's go to John in Forest Hills, Queens. John, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I um, am working on a design. I, I don't really want to describe it yet because it's not out, but it's a a monument to the transit workers in New York City who perished in the early weeks and months of the 2020 pandemic. It's mm. about 147. You know, they went they went down fast and um, they need a memorial. Wow. It, um, it's, a, it's a really good point, John, to think about new history that needs to be memorialized um, when we think about COVID and how much it would, would impact. And John, wh- why, wh- what about the transit workers are for you were moved to that is are you a transit worker or do you did you have someone in your no, family I, I um i'm a retired architect from the city government got it got it and you just want these folks remembered well thank you for that john um michelle two things for you one first off just, just to talk about what john brought i wonder about something like covid and the new monuments that need to come from that and i just mm-hmm. want to prod you to think on that um you know do do have you met artists or are you thinking of artists who 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 are starting to think about how we memorialize this 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 the pandemic that we've been through the pandemic or the pandemic well, yeah yeah well yeah different ways you know it's not just uh in the monument style but a lot of paintings and mixed media mm-hmm. i've been noticing a lot of artists are starting to come through with some very um, truthful pieces. And so, but with the monument that we've created, or when I say we, I mean uh, my team, it speaks to where we are today. Maternal health. I live in a state, first of all, I live in the cradle of the Confederacy. That's what it says on our city seal. Yet it's the birthplace of the civil rights movement. So I, I live in a place that heralds these Robert E. Lee and uh, Jefferson Davis as these heroes, right? And so if I can just kind of double back to what the young lady said earlier uh-huh. um, about, you know, uh, the Uncle Tom, I took a page out of the Daughters of the Confederacy, out of their handbook, where they pretty much said, okay, at the end of the Civil War, these, our fathers and our uncles and our, our family, uh, even though the South lost the war, they created a narrative, a lie. Mm-hmm. The lost cause, mm-hmm. right? That although the South lost, but it was because of the Northern aggression, right? So this is a lie that they created. And so with the monument that we have today uh, with the Mothers of Gynecology, it's, okay, where are we at now? In the state of Alabama, um, we are the third state of the worst maternal health. We're in mm-hmm. the, the worst maternal health crisis there is. Yep. We're the third worst state, Alabama. Why is that? So how can we talk more about it? Um, and so, you know, going back to the gentleman talking about the, did he say transit workers? Uh-huh, transit workers. Yeah. Um, what's going on with them today? 
what you know, Dr. King was murdered, you know, during the time of the the trash, um, the garbage workers or the campaign, the poor people's campaign. So I just think that, you know, we're trying to lead the way in how we view these monuments and what they actually mean. We have more than a monument. I don't even like to call it a monument. It's more of a, a living memorial. And what does uh, to that women. mean? Talk about that. That because it isn't. I've, I've heard you talk about it. it's a living memorial. What does that mean? And it's when you think about its design and how you put it together. What What does that mean? Yeah, it's a living memorial because we're talking about eugenics today and what happened in 1973 with the Rell sisters and how they were sterilized right here in Montgomery, Alabama, um, because her mother couldn't read and she marked the X when she thought she was sending her daughters off for contraceptives. She was really sending them off to be sterilized by the, the county. And so with the monument, we've been able to raise money for these sisters, the Rell sisters who are now 62 and 64 years old, still living in public housing. And we decided to uh, use this monument as a way to talk about them. And, you know, now we have informed consent because of their case, Weinberger versus, uh, Ralph versus Weinberger. So we're trying to pull this in as, into where we are today with maternal health and um, with right. Serena Williams and what she went through and as much as uh, Beyonce, you know, almost losing their lives around maternal health crisis. Yeah. Um, so that's what I mean when I say it's a living memorial, because we want to talk about how the legacy of slavery has penetrated health care and especially in the maternal health crisis that we're in. Art as a conversation starter. Yes. Uh, let, let's go to David in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. David, welcome to the show. Hi. Um, well, I love this show. I love the idea of creating monuments to people who are totally overlooked um, uh, for their unwitting, uh, I guess, uh, participation. Um, mm -hmm. My idea was to create a monument for peacemakers and peace activists mm -hmm. who don't often get recognized and who often put their lives on at risk or on hold uh, to try to keep, um, uh, you know, fewer wars and uh, horrific uh, mm -hmm. situations for military people. Thank you for that, David. Mm. Peace activists. We've we've got monuments, perhaps to COVID. We've got monuments to peace. Um, we've yes. got monuments to start a conversation about Uncle Tom. I really like that idea. I, in, you mentioned earlier, Michelle, that uh, Montgomery is a place that I, it's almost got these battling versions of history when you walk mm -hmm. in there. I mean, when I go there, there's there's Confederate monuments everywhere. There's also you can't avoid civil rights history everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. And it just feels like history is at war in that city. And I wonder if you have seen here recently between your monument, the National Justice, the, the National Memorial for Peace and Justice, are these, is this new movement, is it changing the city in any way? Is it changing the conversation in any way? It is changing the conversation. And I would say, you know, economically, here we are once again making, mm. um, you know, great strides economically because of the backs of Black folk and the horror that we've suffered. Um, but yes, there is a conversation. You know, I've had people from all over the country come here and say, we can't talk about race the way you talk, you all talk about it. You know, uh -huh. there's a different, yeah, it's a different perspective. And because we're so free um, to talk about um, these horrors, people are now energized to go back and have these conversations around how they're going to change narratives in their boardrooms and, you know, on their jobs or in their synagogues or churches. And, and so I really feel that this city has become a place to empower and educate 
but also motivate, mm-hmm. not to just to have the conversation, but there's a call to action here. And so that's what I'm seeing. But also, again, you know, it's a double-edged sword, right? You have yeah. some folks who um, whose family has made money off of enslaved Black folks since the beginning of time, and they're still profiting because they're building hotels and restaurants. And, and so, you know, it's a, it's a two-edged sword, but yeah. I'm grateful that we're seeing lives that are changing, mm-hmm. you know, around this conversation. In our last minute here, um, what about for you? We've asked listeners about their dreams for new monuments. What are your dreams for the new monuments? If you could make another one now, uh, is, do, do, do you have somebody else you feel like, this is what I would build monuments to in Montgomery? Man, we don't have a, a statue to honor Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in the city. Wow, that's I, I didn't like think about that. that. That's really true. There's his yes. church. And one that doesn't erase him. You know, we have the one that's in Boston now with the erasure of his face and his wife's face and uh, the one in in D.C. There's no legs, right? So I would like to see an embodiment of King uh, doing what he did, which was walk, protest, empower, and set free. Mm, mm. Are you going to be the artist to make it then? I'll be back next year to talk to you guys. <laughs> You'll be back. All right, well, I'm going to hold you to that, Michelle. We will look for you next You'll be year. You'll first enough. We will look for you next year with this new artist, this new this new monument to Martin Luther King. Artist Michelle Browder's monument, The Mothers of Gynecology, was unveiled in Montgomery, Alabama in the fall of 2021. Do go check it out. Michelle, thanks for this time. Thanks for having me. And thanks to everyone who called in. If we didn't get to your call, you can still talk to us. Go to our website, notesfromamerica.org, and look for the record button. Leave us a voicemail right there. We listen to everything and sometimes develop whole new shows based on what you've said. So notesfromamerica.org to share your thoughts and your questions with us. Notes from America is a production of WNYC Studios. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts and on Instagram at Notes with Kai. Theme music and mixing by Jared Paul. Milton Ruiz was our live engineer this week. Reporting, editing, and producing by Karen Froman, Vanessa Handy, Regina Dehir, Rahima Nasa, Kusha Navadar, and Lindsay Foster-Thomas. Andre Robert Lee is our executive producer, and I'm Kai Wright. Thanks for hanging out. Notes from America is supported by Future Hindsight, an award-winning podcast that shares big ideas about participating in American democracy beyond voting, but short of running for office. Join host Mila Atmos for stimulating and incisive conversations with citizen changemakers on topics ranging from gerrymandering, policing equity and voting rights. In this election year, Future Hindsight offers an unaffiliated perspective into what's at stake and how citizens can make an impact at the local, state and national level you'll always come away with something hopeful. Tune in every Thursday to get engaged and stay engaged.